have this many people not seen the Deadpool 2 post credit scene? And what if that's like, that's how this Wolverine, he's fighting him there because he's pruned him so that we can still keep the Logan timeline. I like the cast. I like it as well. It's now going to be the Baxter building. We are going to end with them coming out of the Quantum Realm not long after, or like alongside the blip. Floyd Lawton is an assassin for hire known as Deadshot. Is Game Pass. It's the best best value in gaming, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think uh, They stole that idea from me. I'm just going to take this opportunity to shit on Bob Iger again. Um, <laughs> Always. <laughs> Bob Iger is the guy. God, these characters are drawn the horniest way possible. And, and that is something I vividly remember from the original show. <laughs> yes. Hello and welcome to episode 102 of Cutscene Combos. We have yes. had a marvellous week over here. A we marvellous week. Absolutely marvellous. Great. We've got so much good stuff to talk about, including our character profile on Deadshot. Mm-hmm. We've got a Deadpool and Wolverine trailer to talk about. We've got oh, yeah. a Fantastic Four cast reveal. Not another fan cast segment. An actual goddamn cast reveal. Yeah. Not we've even a prediction. Our, we've got our first ever gaming monthly wrap-up from Crumbs Keys. Yeah. We've got our Nerd News Network, which includes even more marvellous news. <laughs> it, what what time to be alive, Horizontal? How's your week been? I mean, my week's been pretty good. Um... I'm trying to remember what has happened since last week. Uh, kind of got caught up on content stuff um, after looking after the girlfriend, who is now much better. So that's good. Good. So, uh, yeah, just been kind of getting caught up on content stuff again and prepping ahead. And then been playing a lot of Helldivers 2 over the past couple of days, which we you'll uh, hear about later during the gaming section. But, uh, yeah. Great game, lots of fun. Um, also, just been watching, <laughs> been watching a lot of anime over the last week. A lot of Gundam. Absolute weed. Yeah, I've binged through like <laughs> another Gundam series called Iron Blooded Orphans, which is very good. Would recommend. I saw you tweeting anyone. about that. I think. Yeah, um, and then I've got like such. I've got a watch list going at the moment, and yeah, I'm you fully can. hooked in. And as soon as I have some spare money. I know I'm going to end up buying maybe a Gundam model <laughs> as nice. well. So, yeah, I'm... I'm... I hope you've not got bored of animated media, though, because we've got a lot of oh, animated, no. animated never get... media coming up in the next two Could months. Never get bored of animated media. But yeah. how's your week been? How was, how was your Sunday? <laughs> I fucking hate sports. <laughs> so, I I have this thing, right? Mm. I I will I'm a passionate guy. I think I think that comes across. I think I come across a passionate guy for better. I, or I think that's fair. So as a result, when I love something, I get very into it. Mm. And as a result, sports, I just I adore them. They're great. But I also have these moments when my team isn't winning or shit's going wrong, but I just hate sports in the most guttural, visceral way possible. Mm. I hate sports. And my team was in the Super Bowl on Sunday, and I was very nervous and very excited. 
fun fact, it turns out it's a lot more fun to watch the Super Bowl with no skin in the game. Yeah, can agree. Um, but we get there. I think the 49ers played very well. I think they should be very proud of themselves. While there were definitely some mistakes made, I think we were more screwed over by poor luck. Mm. I.e. a player blowing out their Achilles running onto the field. Uh, yep. A ball accidentally clipping someone and giving Pat Mahomes a free touchdown, essentially, after we'd shut him out for basically an entire half of football. Shit happens. It sucks. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. You're all fucking nerds. <laughs> um, well, other than that, my week's not been too bad. Um, what have I done? I've just I've worked, 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 worked. Um, the boys haven't been about for gaming this week, so I've been a little bit just on me Todd. Just, mm. just existing um, but there's been little tidbits as we'll get into later in the Nerd News Network and other stuff yep. that have um, had me very excited um, but yeah, should we get into our character profile this week? I think we shall so this week we've got Deadshot um, <laughs> as always with our DC characters just because it makes it so much easier for me this is all post New 52 Yes. so post 2011 Floyd Lawton is an assassin for hire known as Deadshot. He was born into a traditional, albeit poor, nuclear family. However hard they worked to fight poverty, they couldn't escape it. Eventually, his father was able to land himself a job that would hopefully move them up the socio-economic ladder. However, tragedy struck when a gunfight broke out in the flat next door and bullets came came flying through their tiny apartment, killing Floyd's parents and sister. This would put Floyd on a trajectory that led him to become one of the world's deadliest assassins. Or was he? Because in actual fact, that origin was a lie. Oh? That Floyd stole as his own from his cellmate, Will Evans. Oh. Lawton was in fact born into a wealthy family who lived on the outskirts of Gotham on their own estate. But Floyd's father, George, was a belligerent drunk who would beat Floyd, his brother Eddie, and their mother. Eddie was the only one who would protect Floyd from their father and occasionally from their mother's rage. Eventually, Floyd's mother had had enough of the abuse and convinced Floyd to shoot his father. Floyd climbed a tree to shoot his father, but his nervousness caused him to tense up as he fired, missing his father and instead shooting and killing his brother, leaving Floyd with no one. As a result of that, Floyd pledged to never again miss and to kill his father the next time he saw him. Floyd would go on to become one of the deadliest assassins in the world, competing with Deathstroke regularly for the title. Eventually, Amanda Waller would get her hands on him and enlist him to the Suicide Squad, where he would go on to become a regular team member of the lineup and leader amongst multiple iterations, all in the hopes of earning his freedom and writing his path so that he could be there for his daughters. Um, I can't remember if this is the new 52 version of Floyd, but I believe it is. Um, it's actually 
explicitly written he has OCD. Ah. Um, and that was caused by what happened to his brother. It became a kind of obsessive. perfectionist, yeah. obsessive, dis- compulsive disorder to make sure he didn't miss because he was so scarred mm. by shooting the wrong person. Um, a couple of notable bits of his history during the New 52. Um, during the War of Gotham in Batman's earlier days between the Riddler uh-huh. and Joker, he found himself on the Joker's side. Oh. Um, which was where he would first encounter Deathstroke. Okay. Um, as Deathstroke was on the Riddler's side. Um, they were both targeted with killing Commissioner Gordon. But right. instead they ended up fighting each other um, with like 60 plus civilians getting caught in the crossfire. And oh. it was just ve- not very good for anyone. Um, later on, he would be targeted with or not targeted, he would be hired to kill Bruce Wayne. Makes sense. But instead of being paid, they had kidnapped his daughter and said, we'll kill your daughter if you don't kill Bruce Wayne. Ah. Um, to which Floyd reached out to Batman to say, can you help me save my daughter? Um, so between them, they successfully located the warehouse, cleared out of bad guys to save Floyd's daughter. However, there was one additional person that was like hiding and they jumped out and put a knife to her neck and Floyd through intuition just shot him despite promising Batman that no one would die. Ah. So as a result, he saved his daughter, but he went to prison. Um, And that kind of began the cycle of him being in and out of prison um, before he was grabbed by Amanda Waller. Mm -hmm. Um, And his, his motivation for a lot of the new 52 was, I actually don't want to do this anymore. I want to get out. I want to get on the straight and narrow so that I can just be a father for my daughter. Um, Interesting. I don't know too much about Deadshot in old canon. Uh, What I do know is this version of him is quite the well-rounded, well-put-together character that um, I think definitely adds a lot and is perfect for the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Very cool. On to our marvelous week of marvelousness. Yes, Marvel's helps to eat good this week. Deadpool Wolverine trailer. I mean, we knew it was coming. We did. But do you remember how nervous I was about mm. Deadpool? Mm. It hasn't quelled all of my nervousness. Okay. It has definitely eased it slightly. Mm. My one big takeaway. Okay. Um I made a point similar to this before. I think it was for Invincible. Yeah, right. it must have been. Invincible Season 2 Part 1 trailer. I said, it feels like this trailer is just showing us like the first episode mm. and making it seem like it's showing us more. Mm. I think this trailer has done the same thing. I don't think we've seen anything outside the first 30 minutes of this film. Um... I think there was clips from other moments and there's a a bit of a hint towards the general theme, but I don't think it's they've made it very obvious. I, I think the majority of what we saw from that trailer is the first inside the first 30 minutes of the film. I mean, it I, would make sense because Ryan Reynolds is he's not going to want to do the usual thing that's happened a lot with Marvel trailers where they kind of just give, a, give yeah. it all away. Yeah. I now so we in the trailer 
Uh-huh. There's one thing that I think I saw you tweeting about, and like people have seemingly forgotten. Oh, people are dumb as fuck. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, how's uh, Vanessa alive? Um, Forgetting that the end of Deadpool 2, he goes on a whole time-traveling spree. Do do you know what I don't understand? Fucks around with stuff. For the last 15 years now, Mm. I've not been able to leave a cinema until all the credits are over in case there's a post-credit scene Mm -hmm. in whatever the fuck I'm watching. Yep. How have this many people not seen the Deadpool 2 post-credit scene? Do you know what I think it is? Because, like, I'd remember him going back in time. I'd kind of forgot all the extra things he went and did. Because it's like, I remember him kind of undoing what happened. And then I went back and watched it, just to refresh my mind. And I'm like, I think what's happened is, because of how long ago it was, and it was pre like this whole we didn't have loki in the tva and all this like it kind of was more so him memeing going back in time and doing like things you would expect someone with time travel to do and because it was such a jokey way of them doing it no one like took it serious enough to like remember it if that makes sense I get that, but still i like the amount of people who are genuinely gobsmacked yeah I don't, they're like the... oh this must be a deadpool from a different universe because vanessa's alive it's like you know, no, you're just forgetting the end of the film. Her. He went back and saved her and then saved X-Force and then shot the bad version of Deadpool from X-Force, um, from X-Men Origins. And in and that, like... if you remember in that moment when he shoots him in X-Men Wolverines, he says, yeah. uh, you're going to come to the end of your story and everyone's going to be really sad talking about Logan. And then he's like, but maybe... I hope you might get a call from another Deadpool to come back and please say yes. And this is before he's, this is years ago, before like yeah. it was actually agreed that he was going to come back and do. And like you've got. He set the stones early. Yeah, and like <laughs> him shooting Ryan Reynolds with the Green Lantern yes. script. Like... Yes, that's what I think. I think because it's like funny stuff like that, it's not stuck in people's minds as much maybe. You know my big issue for a long time now has been like people's inability to actually remember what they've watched and like the revisionist history we see all the time. Yeah. No wonder these people are changing history. They can't even remember what did happen. Mm. They probably don't even realise they're changing history. Yeah, no, that's I don't believe it. TVA. Mm. They look the same but slightly different. I think it's just a, a, a style choice. So, I think it's a style choice, but I also, here's my question. Do you think it's pre-Loki or post-Loki? I think it's post. So do I. One reason being the fact that they knocked on his door. In, in like, No, but I know that sounds funny. Yeah. But, like, in the whole of Loki, if they turned up somewhere, they just turned up and pruned it. Like, they didn't yeah. ask questions. Yeah. Um... Which... I don't know much about Mr. Paradox. No, I don't. Other than apparently he's a Mobius variant. Okay. So we'll see what that's about. Now, um, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm nervous but excited. So I have a theory, and I've seen like a couple of things of like maybe because obviously the I like they show you TVA, you think ah, he's getting punished for going back in time and. Yeah. yeah 
I actually think they're asking for his help. Because there's two reasons. Like, in Loki, when the TV arrested Loki and Sylvie, they go through a process, they're put into prison overalls. Anyone that's, like, processed that way is a prisoner for doing something wrong. He's not. He's just there in his clothes. Also, they, like, show him around the TVA. And then the thing of him saying, I'm Marvel Jesus, makes me feel like they've asked him to do something. That Then so, he's like, oh, you're giving me this power? <laughs> so I think broad strokes, my guess would be, the Fox timeline was a fucking mess. Yes. We all know that. Yes. <laughs> I think they are going to go, right, we've got Deadpool 3. That doesn't need to be tidy. So we will make that Wade goes and tidies up that, that timeline. Mm. And he will so happen to tidy up that timeline in a way we can work with. Mm -hmm. It gets rid of a lot of the clunkiness of confusion. It still makes all of the old Fox films watchable. Yep. And then you just tidy it all up and then you can either slot it in or whatever. Yeah, I think... There's also, because we know from Multiverse of Madness that there is a fear of incursions coming, mm. this might be our first level of incursion. Yeah, I'm wondering if... Like you say, the Fox's X-Men was messy. What if, like, they play it off as, like, the things they went back and changed and re-brought people... The, the, the way that Fox handled the X-Men universe, what if what they're, like, play, Marvel's playing it off as, like, an incursion's happened and Deadpool goes in and has to clean it up? Yeah. I, I um, think it's very possible you get stuff like that. But I think um, it wouldn't... Also, like, something I'm thinking of now... Because obviously the like the whole thing people fixate on is there's that desert thing, the Fox logo's in the background. Yeah. The other time we've seen like big structures kind of embedded in the ground and places like in a weird place they shouldn't be was in Loki when he went to the void place. What I if it's something is, similar? I think the void is gonna end up being Battleworld. Okay. Which is where Secret Wars will take place. Right. So, if someone gets pruned and sent to there, expect to see them again in Secret Wars. Okay. That would make sense. That That is... I know I'm not saying I've come up that off my own back. Mm. That is a prevailing theory at the minute. That could make sense, though, if it is, like, the void. And what if that's, like... That's how this Wolverine... He's fighting him there because he's pruned him so that we can still keep the Logan timeline. Exactly. Mm, interesting. Um, there was also a... Um, we saw the back of Wolverine in a white suit. Yes. So that's a character that I don't know too much about. It's called He's called Patch. It is Wolverine, but it's, they're called Patch. Oh. And I think that's more to do with, with the um, Krakoan era of the X-Men. Okay. Which is when the X-Men all go and live in their own nation. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, it's quite confusing. It's quite recent. I'm not as up to date on that stuff. Right. But basically, after a certain point, all mutants basically lived on a country together. Okay. And that was Krakoa. Gotcha. So if you were a mutant, you just had right. citizenship. You were Krakoa right. citizens. Got you. Um, 
and I believe the capital city of Krakoa is Madripoor. Okay. Now that name might be familiar to people because that was the city we went to in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh. Where we met Sharon and found out she's the power broker. Oh. So there is, and I, I might have butchered that. I might be completely wrong and I might be confusing myself. Do not take that as gospel. Um, That's true. Though. But, so some people think that X-Men, that Wolverine variant that we saw in the white coat, might not be Hugh Jackman. That might be the MCU's Logan. Who, who could be a new cast that we've talked about exactly but it could also just be a cameo from someone like a daniel radcliffe who's yeah. a fan cast forever because we know marvel as we've seen with um john, john krasinski on against casting someone who's been fan cast forever to do a cameo yeah for like a one-off situation of them doing like a variant yeah that's true let me just google mad report quickly yeah there's um, definitely gonna be some there's going to so be some Madripoor variant situation. Is associated with the X Men. I haven't made that up. Okay. It might not be Krakoan, but it is associated with the X Men. So that is worth noting. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, and also I'm very excited. In She Hulk, oh. there was that news article talking about man with metal claws in Bar Yes. Fight. Yes. So there, was. there has been teases potentially for a little while the Wolverine's cutting about. So. That that it'll be interesting to see what comes of that little, yeah, okay, bit potentially. Um, I think we're gonna get a lot of cameos. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think we're gonna get a lot of like variant cameos. So they're gonna have some like fun things that like they can use this person as the character, and then it's only a one-off, and we don't have to worry about them actually Uh being the new character. At the end of the day, I won't be surprised if this film ends up being a little bit like No Way Home. Mm. In the sense of sometimes there's no talking because they're literally waiting for the audience to stop clapping. Yeah. Because I don't know if anyone, I don't know if you've gone back and watched it, but if you go and watch No Way Home now, when Toby and Andrew walk in, yeah, there's, a there's pause. no talking for like three seconds because they knew the crowd was going to lose their fucking yeah. mind. Um. So I, w- I wouldn't w- be surprised. Put it this way: this film isn't going to be the film that lets us defeat the keys jingling allegations. <laughs> but a bit of fan service never hurt anyone. I think, yeah, I think there's going to be some fan service, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if, because of who Deadpool is and his whole fourth wall breaking, like that, it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to use this to essentially clean up all past Marvel stuff, so that they can use new stuff going, like some of that old stuff to go forward and they'll be like look it all makes sense now this is this is what is all that's gone and now we're here it, so. it could also get slightly inspired by uh deadpool kills the marvel universe which was a mixed review comic where he goes around and kills loads of superheroes in very inventive ways okay um, such as shrink using pin particles to shrink down bombs and put them in Luke Cage's coffee. Because you can't just stab Luke Cage. Yeah. <coughs> um, it would be kind of cool. That I, th- I think it would be okay for a five minute montage. Yeah, it's just like him going to a few of these places and doing stuff like yeah. that. Give him the role of tidying up a messy 
bunch of crap. Yeah. Give us a five minute montage of that, then have it get into the actual meat and bones, which is Wolverine doesn't want to die, or mm. oh wait, there's a bigger problem here, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. I think it's got potential. Um, but then we got some fantastic news on top of that. We did. It wasn't announced at the Super Bowl like I kind of hoped no. it might be. But it was only a we couple got, of days later. We got a fantastic forecast, sorry. We did. And it seems like okay. it was always planned for Valentine's Day, going off yes. marketing material. So that, that art is fire. We, I, and I've seen this discussed all over Twitter all day. And mm. if I've seen it, it probably means our viewers have seen it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. That art style, the new logo, the mm -hmm. vibe is immaculate. Yep. Matt Shakeman is directing. Okay. He's also the director of WandaVision. Makes sense. I know the latter half of WandaVision we have issues with, but that was yeah. plot necessary stuff. Yeah. That Matt Shakeman would have had less control over. Yep. The early stuff with the vibey. Of how it was shot and stuff. Yeah. I see the vision. I like it. Yeah, now this is... I went back and I looked on our channel and it was like two years ago when uh -huh. we... It was two... Like, at least a year and a half to two years since we discussed the rumour that Fantastic Four was going to be set in the 60s. Seems the rumour's true. Did you see how quickly, by the way, people put that together as like oh, absolutely yeah. the truth? So for those of you who aren't aware... Obviously, like we said, there's been a rumour for ages it was going to be set in the 60s. Then this came out, and the vibe, the way they're dressed, it screams 60s anyway. Yeah. It just does. But uh, The Thing is reading a magazine. Yeah. And people have looked at that magazine and gone, that is a Time magazine. <laughs> they've then taken, because it is a hand-drawn image. Yeah. They've looked at it, they've gone, what Time magazine is that? And they found out it is December 1963 Time magazine. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They found the exact cover that was used in that picture. Oh wow! I know and that also. On top of that, oh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I was going to say shared this. Shared the image on his Instagram story with a song from 1963. It was a, a Beatles, Beatles song, I believe. Yeah, it was like a hashtag. If we get, Beatles. if we get a Beatles soundtrack for the Fantastic mixed Four, in there. So we had also, a. Also, we've got Herbie, the, the little robot. Dude. Oh, is that, I was going to ask you about that because I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So I, I am again. I am not massive on the Fantastic Four. I appreciate them for how important they are to Marvel. They are mm. not something I've read a lot on. Although I am debating. We should also run. run through the cast for those that don't know. But we've got we absolutely <laughs> should be right. Stop getting so ahead of ourselves. Pedro Pascal is Reed Richards, which has been kind of the news for a while now, and is, yeah. this is officially confirmed. You've got Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm. Uh, Joseph Quinn is Johnny Storm. Yeah. And then I'm going to mess up his last name. But I was hoping you'd be the one to get it right. I don't... Yeah. I've, I've watched it, but I don't know... I haven't heard people say what his last name is. But Eben Moss Bacharach, Bacharach, yeah. uh is going to be playing Ben Grimm, also known as The Thing. Yeah. I, I like the cast. I like it as well. Um... When I heard about Pedro Pascal then months ago, mm. I was I was in. I'm telling you right now, with the age he is at, we are getting a Franklin Richards sooner rather than later. 
which means we are getting Pedro Pascal in his iconic daddy with a special child role. Oh my god, it, we are. Is it that's three things? Yes. Do you reckon yes. that's on his like you know when your role cast? Well, you know typecast. when people typecast. Yeah. Do you reckon he's now getting typecast as dad with kid? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Vanessa Kirby. I haven't seen much of her stuff other than, for better or worse, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Um, yeah, and I'm she's in use that um, one Impossible of the Mission Impossibles. Films. Yeah, two of them, I believe. Two possibly. Yeah. Um, but she she looks the part. She's done a lot of stuff. She's a professional. Mm-hmm. If we can say anything about Marvel, they have always done a good job of casting. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, Joseph Quinn is the one that a lot of people are less sure about on the timeline. Um, I think a fair bit of that seems to be stemming from Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about that. He he's not as this guy sounds so crazy coming from this face. He's not as traditionally handsome as some people imagine Johnny Storm to be. I don't see the issue. I see. I've looking at pictures and you think about like this is going to be set sixties. He's he could very easily pull off that like sixties style vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think he'll fit really well. I also am super hyped for Eben Moss. Yeah, um, so the concern people have about him is that he played a role in The Punisher. What did he play in The Punisher? Uh, he played, I forget the character's name, he played like the tech guy. Big oh. bushy beard. Um, I, have, I have two counterpoints to that. Uh, it was just, it wasn't like a... But forgetting even that, We've had people play multiple characters in the MCU already. Also, there is scientific evidence that everyone on planet Earth has nine people who look basically identical to them. Yeah. And third, I actually have three points. After this film, he's just going to be a voice actor. Yeah. The face doesn't matter. Also, let's be realistic here. We don't know if this is set in the same mcu timeline there there is there there is a possibility that this could be an alternate timeline so should we get on some uh theories because i have been uh cooking up some theories okay well i was going to bring up what we discussed like a year and a half ago with the mention of the 60s your theory back then and let's see if it still aligns with what your theory is now. Bear in mind, I view this theory as brand new in my head. So if I've accidentally come up with the same theory, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> your theory was, um, because this was just before, this was before Ant-Man had come out. Yeah. So your theory was that it starts in the 60s. Them getting lost in space or whatever is them then get, end up in the quantum realm. They get lost in the quantum realm. That's why they've not been around for ages. You had the theory that well, one of the people in Ant Man, uh, Quantumania was going to be Reed Richards, yeah. But it was like, and then maybe that's how they get spit out into the modern day. Yeah, was the general theory we were you would run through, and I kind of agreed with back then. So I think we're cooking in a similar direction. Okay, I think the Fantastic Four have been working as Shield agents. Okay. In the 60s. Yeah. 
can see that. Um, that's why Ben Grimm is there as like this pilot, very trustworthy, blah, 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 blah. You've got the Storms, and then you've got Reed Richards, who's this brilliant mind. Mm-hmm. He is working alongside Howard Stark and Hank Pym. They get sent on this mission, which was traditionally the space exploration mission, but it's going to be a mission to the quantum realm. Okay. This is how they find out that you can't risk going subatomic. Okay. Is, of course, how Janet got lost in the 80s. Yeah, because they knew not to do that. Yeah, and then they get stuck down there. Yeah, okay. And then, for whatever reason, you could even, if you want to, blame it on, because we know the quantum realm could be used for time travel, you could even blame it on Loki tidying up the TVA and allowing the multiverse to happen. They get spit back out. I am yeah. telling you right fucking now. Stark Tower, Avengers Tower, which we know has been bought, is the Baxter building. And I will tell you why. Over Kingpin. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't belong to the Kingpin. We'd already know that. Okay. Avengers Tower mm-hmm. was designed the way it was in the MCU because of a lack of the Baxter building. Mm-hmm. So Avengers Tower being this thing where these awesome things land and it's in the yep. middle of the city and everyone knows it's where the superheroes live. Yep. That's the Fantastic Four's entire thing. Yeah. The, 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 they literally just made Avengers Tower that work that way because they were like, no, but that was a really cool thing, the Fantastic Four. We need Four a superhero had. tower. We, yeah. ne- we need that. Yeah. So Makes sense. it's now going to be the Baxter building. We are going to end with them coming out of the quantum realm not long after or like alongside the blip that would make sense because we know it was around then when it sold right exactly the blip or sometime after that is when they've come back out and that is going to be the post credit scene of fantastic four at least one of them I, i i i wholeheartedly believe that i think i hope Although it will probably result in people having bad opinions of the film. Mm. I hope we don't get that much action in the film. I hope it's more like a sci-fi thriller. Mm. Um, I want to see these character relationships form. The Fantastic Four cannot go anywhere anytime soon. I need them to just make us fall in love with these characters. We've had too many bad iterations. Um, I know people want the fan casting to be over. It's not over. So, Herbie, the little robot dude. Yeah. So, he is associated with the Fantastic Four. I don't know too much about him. Although, he's fucking awesome. I imagine he's their version somewhat of um, Iron Man's... Why why name's blanked? Tony Stark's AI. Put it this way, he's existed since 78. He's a big part of the of the Fantastic Four lore. Imagine he's their, like, AI helper, essentially. Yeah. He's a funny little dude. People are very, very... Fantastic Four comic fans are so excited for him. Okay. As a result, I'm excited because I love a little robot dude. Yeah, I mean... There are some people already claiming this is going to be the next generation's R2-D2. That (laughs) would be very lit. That is a bold claim, though. What I have seen on Twitter... Again, and this is coming from someone who doesn't know much about Herbie, but mm. I love the idea. I see the vision. They mm. get Seth MacFarlane 
to voice her, they. Oh my god. And then the end scene of the Fantastic Four film, which clearly based on the poster is going to be focused on their relationships, especially Sue and Reed's, mm. is them dancing to 60s music being sung by Seth MacFarlane. That, that would be voice for He it. does. The comedy would be beautiful because he's so inspired by like 80s comedy. So it would seem like new comedy to them. And really old comedy to us, which is a really interesting dichotomy. You know that's going to make this like a weird thing where it's, people are like, going to be like, um, because he's going to have like a Ted slash Dewey twang because it's just this Seth MacFarlane's voice. MacFarlane can do a lot of voice. He can, but he has like something that always ends up leading towards un- but, um, whether he intends to or not. That, that's one fan <laughs> cast I've seen Tim that I like. There is another one on the flip side I've seen that I do not want, and if that happens, it I'll be very upset. John oh. Mulaney. I do not need John Mulaney to be cast as any more sidekick comic relief characters. Yeah, I'm over it. Um, but I'm I'm so excited for this film. You know I've been excited for this forever. Um, yeah, I mean we've been first... talking about it for a year and a half. Yeah, the the first family is not far off. And to make it even better, it's coming out two yes, weeks after Superman Legacy. Same month. We are going to cook in 2025. July 2025 has the potential to be one of the greatest ever superheroing months. A Superman Legacy, which looks like it could be an all-timer with the kind of cast and vibe mm. they're going for. I I don't know how long I've been saying this. Maybe I haven't said that much on the podcast. I want... I want gay campy superheroes back superheroes are so inherently camp i want it bright brash and colorful Mm -hmm. fantastic four and superman legacy could hit the nail on the head yeah they could i honestly like what potentially (laughs) could what is going to kick off the dcu and potentially could be like holy shit we're in for a good time with the dcu like it is as good as we're expecting and then you could have, oh shit, we're into the next stage of the MCU. Like, fantastic for a back. We've already probably by this point, depending how Deadpool goes, we've had some X Men introduction and tease. It's like, oh shit, we're getting we're getting the big bo- the big boys back. Yeah, we could be in good for that month. Oh, one second. Oh, Herbie. Would you like to know what Herbie stands for? One. Highly engineered robot built for interdimensional exploration. What if they build him when they get lost in the quantum realm? And that's how they get out. Uh huh. Ooh. Ooh. Um, anyway, what? I also think... what? You know the fucking in Quantumania, the goo that lets you speak in any language, those yeah. weird creatures. What if one of them is like embodied into the AI? So of... I, I also have another theory which I think I think is less likely, but I think also makes more sense if they do it right. Okay. An early battle that the Fantastic Four had to fight was going back in time to fight Ramatut 
which for the the eagle died amongst you will know was a variant of Kang we yes. saw in Quantumania. What if oh. that's who they're fighting? Oh, what? Yeah, what if they fight a Kang and that actually leads to the Council of Kangs because they're like, oh shit, we need to actually. They get up. trapped in the. Or they fall through the quantum realm, end up in ancient Egypt where they fight Ramatut. Mm. And then what? Remember that Kang is Nathaniel Richards, a descendant of Reed Richards. Ah. Like yeah, the Fantastic Four are so deeply entwined with Kang. You could be on something because, like, what if they do that? Then go like going through the quantum realm is what gives them their powers. They then are like the fuck have the fight. They figure out the powers. Trying to get back is when they get lost and stuck in the quantum realm. Then with their I... powers and whatnot, and they create Herbie and get out. I won't be surprised if a Kang variant. If they up. go that way, helps them out of the quantum realm because Kang is a descendant of them and therefore they need to procreate for him to exist. Oh, that's a good point. Ooh. We so, could be on something here. Maybe a Kang turns up and like fucks with the equipment to get them lost in the quantum realm mm, to ensure they get the powers to create this because we know he's got fail safes to make sure he ends yeah. up back in charge with yeah. the EVA. Maybe yeah. this is like another one. There's many options. I'd, I'm just very yeah. curious to see how we get them to the modern I think era. going with the themes of the MCU now, it's it's got to include the Quantumania. Quantumania? Quantum Realm. That's got to be how they get their powers. And then other than that, it's either they're going to get trapped or they come out into a different time zone yeah there's going to be some weird time travel shit going on for sure and them being set in the 60s although it might make it a bit techy does make sense mm. the fantastic four was written around that time and therefore inherently influenced by that time mm. also it's going to be messy bringing the fantastic four in now so mm -hmm. why not introduce them in the perfect way and then worry about the rest later anyway yeah, and it also gives them kind of an excuse to why it was hidden and yeah, um, and also it allows us to do the right wing's favorite thing that they accuse us of doing and throw loads of propaganda at them because they're from the sixties. They can all be hippies, bro. <laughs> Peace, love, and pixie dust, motherfucker. It's gonna be great. The only thing I'm slightly concerned about. Okay. And this is just because I haven't seen him do it. I believe he can do it. Pedro Pascal has a penchant mm -hmm. for playing attractive, charismatic dummies. Mm -hmm. I have not seen anything that can convince me he can play someone I'm supposed to believe is the most intelligent man in the world. True, but just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean yeah. you can't do it. But that's the only I get you. I get concern you. I have. But I'm also never going to write out Pedro Pascal because I believe that man can do anything. I just love the the meme that I saw with the even Moss thing. It's like, bro, bro finished cooking up some beef sandwiches and now became the thing. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I'm really stuck with this because 
if I don't hear it's clobber in time, I am going to give it a zero out of five stars. <laughs> I don't know if I want it to be a thing he was saying before he was the thing. Like an idea of like uh like a parallel of, you know, like uh Bucky saving Steven's first Avenger when mm. he's tiny behind the thing. I don't know if I want it to be a parallel of like him protecting Reed and saying it's clobber in time. Or if I want it to be like a once he's the thing and it just accidentally slips out once and then it's just kind of like, hey! But if they, for some reason, decide they can't have his iconic catchphrase because it doesn't fit tonally, I'm going to kick Kevin Feige in the dick and balls. I think they'll fit it in there. I think they might do something where it's like in the 60s when he is Ben Grimm, he's like says something in the realm of like you're going the right way to get clobbered. So then when he is the thing, he like rewords that into his iconic catchphrase. What I'm not enjoying is the revisionist history around the previous Fantastic Four films. Boom. They're trying to act like the original ones are like the perfect casting ever. Like they didn't hire Jessica Alba, make her wear loads of makeup to look whiter, make her wear blue contact lenses and make her dye her hair blonde. Yeah. Like they didn't make Galactus a cloud. Yeah. But they made some bad decisions. They made Victor Von Doom essentially Norman Osborn. <laughs> yeah. Which also weird. One thing, and I don't know if this is accurate to the comics, that I particularly loved and I hope it is accurate to the comics and we get it again was Ben and Johnny's relationship in the original Fantastic Films because they had quite this siblingy, brothery back and forth mm. where you know they love each other, but at the same time, you also genuinely believe they might kill each other. Yeah, I I reckon they could find that. Going off how Eben Moss is in the bear and they have, the banter they have between cousins, there's yeah. definitely some like they like they'll be aggressive to each other, but at the end of the day, their cousin like he's like I love you to his cousin, so I think there is that he can hit that vibe for sure. Um, but I am very excited. I think I said last week or the week before, we need to see the whole cast before we can decide mm. if it's a good cast. I think this cast fits. Agreed. Um, and I'm excited to see what they cook up. Moving on from that, though, we have got some of our own exciting news being added to the cast of Cutscene Convos is Josh, a.k.a. Crumb Season, here to give us our first of many gaming monthly updates. Welcome, 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 Josh. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to covering all video game news and reviews for each month. Obviously, we're in February at the minute, so we're, we're a little bit behind. I've got a few oh. catching up to do. Um, and then going forward, like I say, going over everything each month, what people should be playing, what people maybe shouldn't be playing. Con, we'll get to you at some yep. point. I was going to say, <laughs> this is just an excuse to wind Con off about his video yeah, game choices. This is just going to be another segment where I get angry at stuff. Because you know we don't have enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm kicking things off with a round robin. It's something I like to ask everyone. What is your favourite game of all time? Of all time? Oh, right. Yep, you can only pick one. Oh, no. Off the dome, what comes to you straight away? My brother in Christ, I've played so What comes to me straight away? Games. Halo 3. Okay, see, that's the thing. you got to pick what comes to you straight away. Because deep down in your self-conscious, that is your favourite. The original Lego Star Wars. 
it's just all the showers right there. That might just be the first video game I really remember playing. Like that might be why it came to me first. Uh, arguably, it's a good shout. Mine recency bias might play a little part, but God of War Ragnarok is just the goat. The goat. Yeah, you can't be a hero. Oh yeah, free, unfortunately, Josh is a bit of a Sony fanboy. Well, we do one thing you know no, no, <laughs> about me, and it will come up each month in conversation. I do not condone Console Wars. No, Console Wars are dead, what you're on about. It's all over. I have switched alliances many a times. I now own both. I sit on the fence. Both have frozen cons, so we, no arguments, please. <laughs> There's no Console Wars. It's PC Master Race only. You know, or just have all three, mate, and just <laughs> live the best. Yeah, all I'm missing at the minute is a Nintendo Switch, and then I'm I can play. I believe anything in the entire world. So I'm on all ecosystems at the minute. I play PC and Game Pass on the PC, PlayStation, and a Switch. So any game that comes out, I'm ready. Absolutely ready. Right. What did we miss in January, Josh? So January was actually quite a good month for releases. December was fairly quiet. Obviously, we had the Game Awards, but no actual. Obviously, uh, Avatar came out early. December, I want to say, but apart from that, there wasn't much else. Um, scoring wise, and notable games for January, we had Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, which scored an 86 on Metacritic, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth from the Yakuza series, which got an 89 on Metacritic, and Tekken 8 came out 90 rated on Metacritic. So, as you can see, there are some bangers coming out. I'm assuming you haven't played any of them free games both of you no, <laughs> no. i was looking at prince of persia because one of my early games i remember i want to say from the original xbox was uh prince of persia sands of time sands of time I, I had that on psp the classic yeah. yeah and i adored that game that game was so much fun i enjoyed like the time rewinding kind of playfulness mm. of that so when i saw that that was there was a new prince of persia game i was like i might have to keep an eye on that and see if it's um worth copying uh, so this one's a little bit different to the original Sands of Time. This one's actually a 2D sort of open world slash action platformer slash Metroidvania, but it's it's a beautiful art style, and it's actually the game I recommend you play out of those three. Um, it's a mixture of sort of fast-paced combat slash parkour because of all the platforming elements and stuff like that. So it's very different to what you would have played Prince of Persia Wise in the past. I don't actually know if you've seen any footage of it or anything. I, I was, have actually. I saw it was a 2D side scroll and that was about it. Yeah, it was. So, it, I think it was shown at a couple of showcases. I'm not 100% sure which, possibly a Sony one from last year. But it's available on all platforms. How Long to Beat says it's a 16 hour story, 30 hours if you're going for the completionist. Um, awesome. And I think it's about 35, 40 quid. So for a 30 hour, 30 hour game, it's not too bad. Available yeah, on no. all platforms. It's one I definitely, definitely recommend. Awesome. And I do, I have missed it off my nose, but I do want to throw out a shout out to Power World, which yeah. took over gaming. It really, really did. January. Obviously, us lot have been playing it quite a bit. We've got our yeah. own server up and running. And despite all the possible legal problems, that game has been an absolute blast. I'm sure you'll both agree. Yeah. No, it's. it's no it's legal issues. What are you on about? It's a fair, completely I mean... new design for a game. Nintendo being as litigious as they are, the fact that they haven't officially filed anything yet, I think, is a sign that they're probably struggling to find good grounds. Especially bearing in mind that the company that made Power World are also based in Japan, which makes it so much easier. The they would have 
if they were going to file anything, they would have done it while it was still in development. Plus, because it's IP law, they'd have to do it on each individual PAL design. And the only thing I think they've done anything about is that like, I don't know if you two saw the teaser of the Pokemon mod for it. Yes, they <laughs> yeah, that got shut down. That, that guy got an <laughs> instant email saying, "Do not make this into a thing." <laughs> so, but that's my point. The speed at which that happened. Yeah. I'm like, if they really had strong grounds, I feel like we would have already heard. Something. Oh yeah, they they would have done. I feel like Xbox putting it out on Game Pass, like they would have looked into all the legalities before, yeah. and they would have been confident. Otherwise, no chance it would have ended up on Xbox platforms. Exactly, it's exactly that. Uh, but yeah, moving on to Feb, it's quite a busy mm. month this month. Notable games. <laughs> God, we will be coming to you in a moment because <laughs> Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League has got a 59 on Metacritic. Absolutely measly. Uh, Helldivers 2 came out for PC and PS5 Crushing on the 8th game. of February, which has got a 83 on Metacritic. Yesterday, as we're recording this, Tomb Raider Remastered 1 through 3, if you played those back in the day. Shout out to you. That got us uh, sitting on a 78 currently on Metacritic. Skull and Bones, which I can't believe is actually going to come out. <laughs> Is Gollum supposedly Bones, is that not the one that got announced like unironically ten like, years ago? It's been cancelled yeah. about fifty-two times. It's it's been stuck in development hell, and was meant to be mm. a essentially the best bits of Assassin's Creed Black Flag that everyone loved. Yeah, I um, think the last thing I remembered hearing about this was it had been cancelled. It should have it should have just got shelved. It's supposedly coming out tomorrow. Um, oh, it we're gonna have to good. See. Did you know very, though? Very small history of stuff that gets goes through that much trouble ending mm. well. Yeah, but according to Ubisoft, it's a quadruple A game. A quadruple so, A. Yeah. This is Ubisoft, man. That, that was that their extra re- A for uh, That's the reasoning <laughs> for why it costs seventy quid. Which is frustrating because <laughs> Ubisoft have made Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, which I was recommending earlier. So they can put out good games. I love yeah, I'm a I huge don't. Assassin's Creed fanboy. But this one, I'm, I probably won't be playing myself. I just want <laughs> no. to keep, keep an eye out on the news. And finally, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming out on the leap year, 29th of Feb. That's just going to be a critical banger. That is going to get low 90s, mid 90s on Metacritic, I'd imagine. It's obviously You've never a huge... played the Final Fantasy games. Obviously, it's... Confusing. Like There's... So I just feel like they're, this, we're up to 16 genre. at the minute. <laughs> yeah, it's this huge genre that seems to get a million re releases and there's so many individual games. And I'm just like, I have never actually met anyone who loves the Final Fantasy series. <laughs> I I have. It's people usually have like specific ones they like. Yeah, Final Fantasy 7 slash remake is generally the most loved one um final fantasy 13 a really popular one as well yeah it's something like 11 or 14 is an online game yeah 14 i think 11 was quite a popular one yeah yeah there's like specific ones people like i just don't understand how you could have this many games that are final in the title (laughs) ff (laughs) i'm I'm not good with roman numerals either so (laughs) i'm absolutely chalked but yeah that is likely gonna do numbers um so keep an eye out for that one but there's only one person here who has actually played the 59 <laughs> scoring game on metacritic which is suicide squad con do you want to give us a 
quick breakdown so, on your, your of your experience with Suicide Squad. So what I will say is Suicide Squad, before I even got it, I had a very mixed relationship with. Because obviously it's coming out of Rocksteady, it's set in the Arkhamverse. You're instantly expecting the Batman Arkham style of games. And then they announced it wasn't like that. And I was like, hmm, I'm not sure. And then, oh, it's a live service looter shooter game. And I'm like, oh, I really don't know. Um, and at that point, I'd like put it down. I was like, there's no way I'm going to ever touch that. That doesn't sound good at all. But then I started to see actual gameplay of it. And it is not a world beating game. I'm not going to lie and say it is. But for what it is, like as a looter shooter, you get to do cool stuff with characters. The guarantee of a year of new stuff being added at least i love it it's great it's it's a lot of fun on a scale of zero to 100 i'd, I'd probably have it sitting anywhere from like 60 to 70 is where i'd have it so i don't think like we're outrageously low here yes yeah, but enough. i think the traversal mechanics for each of the characters are quite unique a lot of fun um i think the opportunity they have with adding more justice league members as bigger boss fights and adding new villains with unique play styles are huge. Um, but it's a very particular style of like repetitive grind game. And if you don't like them styles of games, you're not going to like it. I yeah. enjoy it about as much as I enjoyed The Division 2. Okay, Division 2 is reviewed fairly well. It's not yes. the biggest fan base, but... I do think the big issue that we're having is IGN have got a grudge against this game. <laughs> and even though a lot of people like ourselves know that IGN can't always be trusted, they are, I would say, the largest face in the gaming oh, world. For sure. So for IGN to just be putting out slam piece after slam piece because they've got a personal grudge, I think has really hurt this game's reputation. Unfairly. While you're discussing that, I am actually going to check what IGN gave it. I'm pretty sure... Mm. I mean, three. there's a few people I watch that like I trust their opinions, and their biggest gripe was more just the end of the game and how the story ended out, and then it's like, yeah, but it felt like it was a bit lacking to like the story wasn't closed out because they wanted it to be a live service game. I I do I accept that to a point. Counterpoint: the character interactions and raw story up until that end point where they do have to make it a live service game. Is better than the Spider-Man Two story. Yeah. I mean, I, like as, as a as a pure storytelling perspective, I think my like hearing people say that it's just like they this whole obsession that studios have with live service games needs to chill out. My only Sony, issue, please listen. <laughs> my only issue with it as a live service game is there is no option for playing offline. Yeah, so right. So. I, that was well, one I'm of the issues. Completely solo by myself. Mm -hmm. No one else I know is playing it. And you know me, I don't play with randoms online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would like to be able to play in an offline server by myself. That's my only real issue. Yep. So that was one of the main issues that uh, kind of funny pointed out. So, Hori, I don't know if you've seen when you're playing online, as once you sort of finish a mission, it, it comes up with all four characters and your names and gives you a breakdown of who done best and stuff like that. Mm. It does the same even when you're playing on your own. So it sort of like breaks up the fluidity and I think that was a major gripe of a lot of people because obviously at the end of the chapter you'll just get stats for yourself which yeah. <laughs> isn't really needed. I've just looked, IGN have given it a five. Um, I think the only thing like you say it has got going for it is 
the roadmap that's been put out. Obviously, there will be new characters, new story beats. It's just it didn't how many people are going to stick verse. with it. It didn't need to be in the Arkhamverse, and it didn't need to be a 100% always online game. Um, mm. I think you change them two things. I think this game does a lot better, and they are very fair gripes to have. Yep, fair enough. I think it's, it's one that I'm going to be missing out personally. Hori, I'm pretty convinced that you won't be touching oh, it. I won't be touching it. I'm now locked into Helldivers. It's so good. Yep, I've been watching a lot of kind of funny playing it and various outlets in it. it i haven't played hell divers one but hell divers two it, actually so looks really good it's actually like completely different play mechanics to hell divers one same concept but like this is now a third person you drop in Viewers, and i would probably means i'm going to be forced to buy this game i i would <laughs> say it's worth the money um what is it how much is it 34 yeah i want to say oh, about 34 35 quid in the modern gaming world is it bad that i don't even view that as a lot of money exactly and i would also say speaking of live service games this game's doing it in a way that i actually think is a very like a good live service system so it's like you squad up up to four of you you drop onto planets and you do the missions but actually as a whole player base for the game you are all collectively pushing towards certain like so there's two factions you're fighting you can see the entire player base's progress in pushing these factions back so it's like all players can be like oh we're all gonna like you've seen it on twitter and tiktok people are like go fight bugs we're gonna push the bugs back and then today the devs have been like oh here's an event the robot faction are now like super aggressive and you need to go focus on them and they're doing like live service events so also what i'm seeing is i've searched it on steam and it's saying similar to games you play suicide squad <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing it's a good I thing you don't just heard i like it know how that works but I it's it's a lot of fun person live action yeah uh, possibly third person just run around shooting shit but yeah it, it's a it is a good game definitely right so I, i'm telling I you right now though if i buy this game play it and i genuinely think it's very similar to suicide squad after you guys have just been sucking this game off and giving suicide squad shit your opinions mean nothing probably. i've not played it i've not played it uh, me and my friend i will die on this hill predict we have a spreadsheet where we predict all the metacritic scores for games throughout the year i predicted an 81 this one it's got an 80 currently sitting on an 83 so better than expected no ign score out yet so God knows what they're going to give it. But... Oh, who cares? Yeah, fair enough. Right, moving on. Topic of the pod. I'm sure both of you would have mm. heard this one. Yes. Audience, I'm not 100% sure. Disney have invested $1.5 into Epic Games. And I quote from Andrew Webster from The Verge. Disney and Fortnite maker Epic Games are teaming up to build what's been described as an expansive and open games entertainment universe. As part of the announcement, Disney revealed that it is investing $1.5 equity in Epic. End quote. So, Christ where do we even start with that? <laughs> Christ alive. Can we just... I'm just going to take this opportunity to shit on Bob Iger again. Um, <laughs> Always. <laughs> Bob Iger is the guy who shut down the LucasArts gaming subsection and all of that stuff that Disney had that were pumping out bangers because he didn't see the value in making games. And now he's gone and spent $1.5 to buy into Epic. 
because oh the gaming industry is huge this guy's a dumb motherfucker how <laughs> how is he the ceo but of this con company controversial to i i actually think he shut down lucas because they were doing this they shut down Lucasfilm years ago, though, didn't they? It wasn't, it wasn't all that long ago. But think how long they've been involved with Fortnite through partnerships. Mm, yeah. This has definitely been something that is in the works for a long time or talks. Wouldn't it surprise me. just seems like they want the money for video games without making video games. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's what it seems like. Mm. What do you reckon this is actually going to bring? What games? Or is it going to be stuck I... inside of Fortnite? What do you reckon it's going to be? My prediction is they're essentially going to build, like, Disneyland and Universal, they're like what they have as the parks with like Star Wars Galaxy and all the different areas. They're essentially going to build that in Fortnite, but it'll be like gate little fun gaming experiences you can do in each of their like brands. Sort of like similar to the uh, Lego collaboration. Yes. yes. What was that? December. Yeah, and also I think what you're going to end up getting is a lot of the, the Marvel-related games that are already planned, and the Star Wars games that are already planned. If you buy them on Epic's platform, you're going to get freebies in Rocket League and Fortnite and stuff to go alongside that to make it a better financial proposition to buy them already planned games on Epic's platform. Yeah, there's going to be some tie-in with like games that they bring Absolutely. out. Um, yeah, I do think we'll get a couple of games that Epic makes specifically, but whether that is just Epic working yes. very closely with a separate studio... Or Epic themselves making the game, I, I don't know. Can Epic. I'd imagine Epic would outsource it. Maybe I think the money maker is going to be in Fortnite, like Corey. Absolutely, Corey. You say I think there are going to be worlds within Fortnite microtransactions. That's where the money is. Pod racing. <laughs> give me a new. That it's too, be too many years. I mean, give me a pod racing game. Well, they've already got the base with their uh, their racing game. That with the racing game Fortnite. within, yeah. Just add you could add. Give me Star pod racers. A Marvel level straight into that. So I did read from an article, I can't remember who, uh, that everything sort of moving forward will be in Unreal Engine. So they've got the basis of the stuff that you're wanting, Hori. Mm. Are Probably. they going to do it is the question. Yeah. We've got to see how they'll Isn't capitalize it on that. Any final remarks on the huge 1.5 million <laughs> injection? It's just, it's just so much money, isn't it? Bearing in mind, Bob Iger's thrown this money at Epic after claiming that writers shouldn't have a house. I will say Epic should reinvest that in, in maybe protecting their staff, but, you know. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. If, if I see loads more layoffs from Epic, I'm going to lose my fucking I mind. think layoffs anywhere. I think we could have a whole episode on yeah. the amount of people who've been fucking let off, unfortunately, terrified. within the last two years in the gaming industry. Um, yes, we'll try man. and keep the morale high for now. <laughs> mm. Right, discussion of the pod to round out February's gaming segment. And it that is, will Xbox exclusives branch out to different consoles? As we speak right now, there is an Xbox podcast that started at 8 o'clock. Phil Spencer and co are talking about the future of Xbox. We've already seen a couple of the stuff that have mm. come out. There are four games being confirmed to be mixing onto different consoles. What are your boys' thoughts on that? I think we're going to get the, the second tier of Xbox exclusives branch out. So you're not going to see stuff like um, Halo or the Indiana Jones game or stuff like that um, go further. But I think that second grouping, which is like your um, 
your hi-fi rush and stuff like that which is a little bit smaller in size of fan base on the xbox platform so they might need that extra boost i could see them giving that out to nintendo and potentially playstation xbox has spoken in the past they've tried to strike a deal up with nintendo to bring game pass to nintendo i think the bigger concern for a lot of people is if you can get all of the xbox exclusive on playstation does that then mean xbox back out of the hardware market and leave playstation the opportunity to charge two thousand pounds for a console when you don't have an alternative well that's why everyone panicked didn't they when they first were yeah. talking about this everyone's like oh my god xbox is going to stop making xbox and it's like I don't think they will. No, I don't it's... think they will, but I do feel like they will. I think they are. I think everything Xbox will eventually be streaming. Obviously, you can do it on Samsung TVs. Their main selling point is Game Pass. It's the best best value in gaming, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they stole that idea from me in an Xbox <laughs> in, a, in an Xbox uh, party chat ten years ago. I literally described Game Pass <laughs> before they even announced it. Okay, well, if you reach out to Phil Spencer, mate, <laughs> see, see what we can get done in compensation. I um, I mean, there's been a few times where like PlayStation have been like coming to PlayStation, trying to make like their exclusive and Xbox, but yeah, they're also over here, by the way. Like Xbox has been yeah. quite, at least over the last few years, has been very much less about trying to have a console war and been more like gamers should be able to play their games anywhere they want. Sorry, just yep. going back to that hardware comment, I've just seen a tweet that's come oh. out based on this podcast. Xbox president Sarah Bond teases the next generation Xbox will be the largest technical leap ever. Mentions new hardware options in the Series X, S line coming out this fall, potentially a handheld console. There's some exciting stuff coming out in hardware that we're going to share this holiday. We're also invested in the next generation roadmap. What we're really focused on there is delivering the largest technical leap you'll ever have seen in the hardware generation. What if they tried to take a page out of like Steam Deck and Switch? So, like, you have like a combo thing? Yeah. The Xbox have made no secret they want to make gaming accessible everywhere, mm-hmm. but they also want to cater to all of their gamers. And there are a lot mm. of gamers who will never ever need to be able to game on the go. What they want is they want a little box, they whack on their desk, they plug it into a 4K monitor, and they play the newest games at 60 FPS 4K without having to worry about anything. And I don't think they're going to stop catering to them. I think they're just going to give more options to other gamers, like we saw with the Series S, having less yeah. storage, but hyper-mobile for cloud-based gaming and stuff mm. like that. Well, the more options, the better, realistically. And I yeah. think that is Xbox's... That's just what they want. They want to get the games out to as many people as possible. Uh, I can quote Shinobi on X, who has just said that Diablo 4 will be coming to Game Pass at the end of March, and Starfield and Indiana Jones will not be part of the games. So Xbox fans, even though we don't condone console wars here, you have got stuff to look forward to in Gatekeep. Don't worry. Don't stress. I don't think that's going to be forever. I genuinely think there comes a time when like Halo and everything is just the like, it's day one game pass, but it's on everything eventually. Yeah, I I, I can definitely see a, a point where they get to where game pass is so large. They're like, it will be day one on game pass and on Xbox. Um, and then six months down the line, we'll open it up to other platforms. Well, it's sort of similar to what Sony are doing now. Obviously, say six months to a year after a Sony first party release, they do come out on Steam. Obviously, we've got God of War, mm. Horizon, the Spider-Man games. Yeah. Somehow goes to... Ghost of Tsushima is somehow not on Steam yet. I that's yeah, I'm waiting, but exactly it is just a waiting game with Sony. You never know, 
how quick they're going to come out. My biggest issue with Sony is their lack of backwards compatibility, and we just get so many remasters from them, from like really recent games. Yeah. Um, what I would like to see, although it isn't necessarily the best thing, is I'd like to see Xbox use their position of power they have now that they own the rights to COD to just put a bit of pressure on Sony to play a bit nicer. And if they can use the power they have with COD and hopefully by building a relationship with Nintendo, that might be enough to just kind of get a little bit of movement. Because, of course, they'll have their own selfish motivations for why they want that, like having massive Sony games on Xbox platforms within a year, within two years. Mm. Um, but I do think it's better for gamers if they can just buy whatever console they want and play every game they want to play. Got a big one. Do you think we'd ever see Game Pass on PlayStation? As in no. Xbox Game Pass no. on PlayStation? Game Pass will be the one thing that is only ever on an Xbox platform or PC. Yeah, because like, you've got PlayStation Plus or whatever. Right, it's just there might be some deal for games that were gonna be ex exclusive to Game Pass. They then have like a also on PlayStation oh, Plus. Or you might see crossover yeah. in some of the games available, but I I think they will just kind of come to an agreement that we're not gonna sell our subscription on your platform, and you're not gonna destroy us in other ways. Yeah, it's pretty valid. I have both subscriptions, PlayStation and Xbox, and I can. Even though I am leaning towards the Sony side, the Game Pass is much, much better. And I don't think it's, it's remotely close. It's so, um, so clear. Game yeah. Pass is phenomenal. So, yeah, we'll have to see what else comes out of that podcast. I don't know how long it is, but I'd assume it is still going on. So, in next month, we'll have to do a quick roundup of mm. that. Any final closing points on the Xbox no? News? Thank you very much, Josh, for uh, keeping us up to date and apprised of all things gaming. Yes. Um, no make sure you go follow Josh on all of his socials. They will be down in the description down below. And we'll see you next month, Josh. Sounds good yeah. to me. I would like to give a final shout out. Greg Miller and Stella Chung are hosting the Dice Awards tonight on the night we are recording, which is Thursday the 15th. Um, you two probably checked out the Game Awards back in December. There was a rather alarming lack of acknowledgement and celebration of the devs, but I'm 90% sure the Dice Awards tonight are going to be much more celebratory of those so that's always good news which we love to see yeah. yep. awesome love to see it right should we go on some nerdy news horizontal i think we should back to some more marvel good news mm -hmm. x-men 97 trailer yes been in the works for a while now i'm so ready i've 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 seen this trailer we've got the release date which is march 20th yep and i'm like right it is now time to sit down and rewatch all of the old X-Men cartoons just so that I'm ready. Well, you, you're definitely going to have to because it's leading straight on. Yeah, exactly. It. So that's the other thing. If you haven't seen it, haven't seen it in a while and want to be up to date when it comes out, now is the perfect time to... It's five seasons. They're 20-minute episodes. Very easy to get through in the next month or a month and a bit. Mm. Um, and it's definitely worth doing. Um. I'm just so excited. It looks so good. It's close enough to the original style that it feels like the same show, yep. but just brought up to modern a little bit. It's gone from 2D to 3D. It looks good. Yeah, it, it it has the same visual vibe, just like a more modern like polishing pass on it. Um, I'm going to get out ahead of it. 
Okay. Any motherfucker tries to call this show woke, <laughs> I'm going to slap them in the face for three reasons. The exact same vibe the original had. Yeah. Two, woke is a bullshit term that you probably can't even define. Three, the X-Men are the gayest motherfuckers to ever <laughs> exist. Yeah. The I mean, X-Men. if anyone complains, it's like, were you complaining about the original show? No. The, the X-Men sure. are the minority mm. like they are literally designed yeah. so that every minority of any t- can feel a sense of attachment to the x-men yeah that's why the x-men were marvel one of marvel's best-selling properties for so years yeah because anyone who's into comics who felt excluded or left out by the rest of the world yeah they hit could f- they hit everyone in one one show yes that, that was the beauty of the x-men the X-Men were outcasts from society. They're made to feel like shit for just being who they were and what they couldn't control. Mm-hmm. It's not been turned into some woke propaganda. That was how they were always supposed to be. If you are an outcast for something you can't control, you're an X-Man. I look forward to those people that try to say it's woke and the whole internet just shuts them down. <laughs> also, and I don't normally co- make comments like this because I don't think it's very often necessary. Okay. To talk about the visual appeal of characters. Okay. God, these characters are drawn the horniest way possible. <laughs> and and that is something I vividly remember from the original show. <clears throat> yes. No, that's the thing. Everyone remembers a character from that show yeah. that just made them go, I don't want to play with toys anymore, apart from maybe that toy. <laughs> Everyone was like, I'm suddenly really into X-Men. Yeah. Um, Rogue for a lot of teenage boys was a realisation. <laughs> Rogue for a lot of teenage girls was a realisation. True. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see Cyclops get his flowers again. Because mm. he's been treated like a punching bag for a number of years. My girl yeah. Jubilee. I adore Jubilee. She's fucking awesome. Seeing Jubilee back was awesome. Seeing um, Gambit again. Fucking yeah. awesome. Hairy chest Wolverine beast. I forgot how much of a, and I don't use this word lightly, slut Magneto looks like in the old show with his long hair. Yeah, he looks so different from what, like, people have come to remember. Even when I think back to that show, even though it's a cartoon, I still think of Ian McKellen's face at this point. Well, yeah, it's it's just been so long. Yeah. Um, I I can't wait. I, I love it so much. It's so perfect. Um, but the big other thing that comes along with this mm. is the re- revelation of the new Marvel animation branding. Yeah. Which... So now we've got the MCU, we've got Marvel Spotlight, and now we've got Marvel Animation. Yep. And unfortunately, the thir- first thing I have to do about this is burst a lot of people's balloons. Okay. People have seen this Marvel Animation branding, and they got very excited. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But they've instantly assumed it means we're getting an OG version of Spider-Man continuation. Or maybe a spectacular Spider-Man continuation. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, we know Spider-Man freshman year is around the corner. Yeah. Marvel have never, will never, ever have two Spider-Man cartoons airing at the same time. Even if one comes out at the beginning of the year and one comes out in the middle of the year. Doesn't matter. It's not happening. They have literally... They cancelled Spectacular Spider-Man to make The Amazing Spider-Man. 
Yeah, they, they it's were. It's like a rule they have. Yeah. It's not like they have to ask Sony for permission because in cartoon form, they own the full rights to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They just won't do it. No. It sucks. It does, but like the good side of that is we are getting a Spider-Man one soon. This is clearly them setting it all up now with like that's also going to be under the Marvel animation branding and all that. The good news is there were a number of comics uh comics cartoons around the same time as spider-man next then mm-hmm. including an iron man a fantastic four that were set in the same universe that have tiny little crossovers okay they could come back i could see me i i think a fantastic four maybe not because we're only just going to get the mcu version but you could argue that to just to yes pump up the excitement but... a little bit I think more likely they'd be like, hmm, let's do an Iron Man one. RDJ, do you want to come back as a voice actor? Everyone loves you. Everyone really wants you back as Iron Man. But also forgetting that, they could just go, yeah, we've got X-Men 97 because there was a story we wanted to tell. They could start their own new animated universe. They could yeah, do what they DC could. did for years and just take actual comic book runs, famous yeah. comic book runs, and just adapt them into films, yeah. TV shows for animation. That's very true. I think they've seen the success of the Spider-Verse films and they've gone, hold on a gosh darn minute. We need we need Spider-Man. <laughs> we, we can do some stuff here. We have got the talent. We've got the money. There is obviously the, the desire for this. I think also, like, the first What If was a success and they were like, okay, we can do new animated stuff. On top of, yeah. like you say, Spider-Verse and that. It's like, okay, we need to kind of get ahead and do our own thing here. There is absolutely some some animation desire out there. Mm-hmm. I know animation doesn't sell as well. But what I will say is I know for a fact that Jenna's mother and my father thought cartoons were for kids. And they gave What If a chance. And I was like, you're missing out on a lot of good animation. And they liked what if. Get them into anime and that'll completely change their perspective. <laughs> so I think now might be their best time mm. ever for like relaunching animated stuff. Yeah, I think also like as much as I joke though about anime, anime has become a lot bigger and a lot more popular than it used to be. Like there is a they understand now there is an adult audience for animated yeah. stuff. Like they and people will watch it. Also. I forgot there was a Daredevil cartoon that got canned. Give us Daredevil back. That's so sweet. And also, once again, going back to what we discussed a, a couple of weeks ago about Star Wars What If, mm. and I want in Marvel Visions. Yes. Make it happen. I yeah. want it. Give me Marvel Visions. They could, because they could. see anime-style Daredevil, and then Claymation. I know what would be awesome in Claymation. X-Men or Fantastic Four in Claymation would be fucking lit. Just give me anything. You could do no do Fantastic Four in Claymation because like stretching and Yeah, like it works. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I I need it. I need it so badly. Um speaking on what if though, mm. um what if season three is rumored to apparently include some X-Men characters, and this is broken after the reveal of X-Men ninety seven. That wouldn't surprise me. 
we, we, we put it this way. We are now officially with Deadpool 3 mm-hmm. bringing the X-Men into the MCU. Yes. They might not be used in a live action MCU project for another few years, mm. but they're going to be there. They're going to be in an MCU project. Yeah. If anything, we're at least going to have had the Wolverine, like an MCU Wolverine revealed of who is potentially going to play him. We're going to have X Men 97, which will yes. be the first X Men project 100% done by Disney mm-hmm. since they got the rights back. Yep. We are now at the point where X Men characters are fr- are available for pitches. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're getting at the point where what if creators get to go? Can I can, can I have Cyclops? Can I have Beast? Can I have Storm? <gasps> Give me a what if of Black Panther and Storm getting married? Because we're not mm. going to get it in the MCU, but we can get it in we can get it in fucking what if? I need it. I want it. I well, yeah, there's it. there's a lot of potential there of like what they could do with it. Yeah. Sure. I just, I have not been this excited. And I think it's coming across, despite how ill I am, about the future of comic book media for a while. This week and just getting to see stuff that looks like it's being influenced more by creative people than money people has got me so excited, man. Yeah. Shit like this week is why we do this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like. So beyond excited that night, that X Men ninety seven trailer, the Fantastic Four reveal, the Deadpool three trailer, like this is why we do it. I'm so excited. Yes, twenty twenty four is going to have its down bits compared to other years, just because of the shit house of the last few years. Yeah, we've got stuff. We'll we'll get through that. It's not a problem. Twenty twenty five. I I genuinely believe, probably naively. That we're going to turn up for 52 episodes in 2025 with massive smiles on our face because of what we've just seen and what we're about to go see. It's going to be oh, great. There's a very high potential that 2025 is like An such a great, yeah, a great year. Yeah. Um, even more good news. We mm. got our trailer for Invincible Part 2. We did. Does it suck we've had to wait this long? Absolutely. Yes. Do I give a fuck when that episode comes out or I'm going to watch it? No, the fuck I do not. I cannot wait. No, I think as soon as we're back <laughs> into it, it's like, okay, cool, we're back. Yeah. The trailer looks very good. I'm intrigued to see where we go, because obviously we left with uh, Mark was left on the planet. Yeah. Going off the trailer, there's clips of him helping them rebuild. Yeah, it looks like they nurse him back to health. Yeah, he obviously gets back to Earth. Earth's uh-huh. dealing with its own issues. Um, the Martian weird little bug things are trying to invade Earth. Yeah, that's probably going to be a storyline. Obviously, we've got the uh, I forget his name now, but the time traveling guy. Yeah, dimension uh, hopping guy. Yeah, he's obviously going to be hopping around. Yeah. Um, what else is revealed in the trailer? Oh, we get like one clip of uh, Omni Man in prison, essentially. Yeah, being questioned. Vultramite prison. Yeah. We got Mark with a cape, which I've seen what that's about, and holy shit, that's crazy. Oh, okay. Um, because as I've said, I've not re- read all the comics. I've made the decision, even though I want all the comics, to wait until we've seen the show, or at least a fair bit of the show. Yeah. And people who've read all the comics are like, okay, now we're getting into the real shit, and it's not going to flow down from here. So, okay. I like, I like this yeah. one a lot. I've, I've seen what the, the, the Mark with a cape means. That's wild. I had no idea that happens. Um, 
we've got some shit coming in this second half of this series, and it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, it feels like the it, it, like I said because I, I only just watched the trailer before, but um, I feel like there's a lot of things are shown. There's a lot of story beats that seem to be shown in this trailer for half of the season, and I'm like, I feel like this is going to be like a lot's going to go down. Yeah. And I also mean like. Amazon have historically very good at not giving too much away in their TV shows. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't give too much away, but it teases enough that, like, oh my god, there seems like there's yeah. a lot going to happen here. It's it's definitely going to be a busy one. Like, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, what's it? Yeah, we've only got like a week until Bad Batch. Yeah. Then we've got X Men ninety seven starts March twentieth. Yeah. Um, Invincible comes out the fourteenth of March. Yeah, like that's a lot of stuff. Just all, I feel like have we actually covered anything new yet this year? Don't think so. No, we just had. Oh, other than like um, Percy Jackson kind of fell into. Oh yeah, per- Percy Jackson's last couple of episodes. But other but than that, that, no. We we're gonna be covering Madam Web next week, which I'm I'm actually excited to see yeah. despite it having terrible reviews. Um I think it has fallen into the so bad it's good category by the sounds of it, which I'm actually quite excited for. Um and now it just feels like we're just getting hit by everything. There's just so much animated all, stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say out. it's all animated as well. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited. Um even more good news. I can't contain the good news. <laughs> Midnight Suns movie. Is apparently in the works with the Werewolf by Night director Michael Giacchino, apparently the favorite to direct. This was something we discussed like way back at the start of the podcast. Yeah. Back when Blade had been announced. Yeah. Um, we'd obviously had a uh, Black Knight in Eternals. Yeah. And you were like, there's a possibility here that they maybe are trying to. We knew, De- obviously, we we're like hoping Daredevil was going to be coming back. Yeah, we and with that we get the Punisher. We've got mm. Doctor Strange already. Then you get the Werewolf by Night project. It's there was a lot maybe, of things pointing towards Ghost Rider back. Mm, like, there was a lot of things potentially pointing to like, oh, maybe they're going to set up a Midnight Suns thing. I now seemingly is confirmed yes for sure happening as a film i i i'm so excited i think this is gonna be one where i want them and i I know i've said this like two years straight now Mm. i want them to have some creative fun with this like they let him do with werewolf by night yeah if they they pick the werewolf by night's director like i think they would be smart give and give him the creative freedom they did for werewolf by night and you could have a lot of fun with this for sure the way I want Marvel to operate is Kevin Feig does what Kevin Feig does, making sure they hit the stuff they need to hit, and that it all lines up nicely and like almost like an auditor, which mm. I know plays down his importance, but you know what I mean. Um, and then get directors you trust, and say to them, "We have awesome comic book characters. Mm. Tell awesome comic book stories with awesome comic book visuals. There is no need." For us to not, like, let's be completely clear. We cover silly, goofy shit. Mm-hmm. We are getting excited right now. <laughs> yeah. 
in this podcast about a man with bone, a man with metal claws, a man who shoots. Cyclops doesn't even shoot lasers from his eyes. His eyes are portals to a dimension of pure energy. That's how ridiculous this yeah. shit is. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've got the thing, which is a Bronx spaceman who turned into a lump of rock, and yeah. his mate Johnny Storm who turns into a human ball of fire. Yeah. Why are we trying to take ourselves so seriously? Have some fucking fun. Make it exciting. Do you think that this is only now being confirmed because they've finally got Blade back on a straight and narrow in a direction they're happy with? And they're like... I I think it's one of two things. I think it's I, and more hopefully, they've got Blade sorted and they know where they want to go with it. Yeah. Or B, they are completely fucking lost with Blade and they need something to take Blade's spot that can still have Blade be in it so that they have more time to work out the shit show that is this Blade solo film. I think they figured out Blade because we really the last we'd so. heard they were like in a better place of it. I think they figured it out. They figured out how to tie the Eternals end thing in. Then we've obviously got Moon Knight, which I think was one thing we talked about potentially could be in Midnight Suns. Yeah, there's absolutely. Like, there's always been this talk of vampires and stuff. It's like, I think this is them going, okay, we're going to end up with a bunch of characters here that we've kind of set up to group up, but we don't really have a use for them that often in the actual MCU main canon timeline. What if we do a fun little like team-up thing where we finally pay out all this talk of vampires and stuff? This is Marvel Spotlight written all over it. Mm, it is, it is. And Midnight Suns being like the first Marvel Spotlight film could be good. Could work. Yeah. And I've still not got to it because we've ended up having so many busy weeks. A lot of people might think Spider-Man 4 is going to be Marvel Spotlight. It should be. It won't be. Um, <laughs> Chris Nolan. Yes. Now, I will be honest. Last week, I was a little bit upset with Chris Nolan. <laughs> Because he said he enjoys the Fast and Furious. Thing. Yeah, he now, said his guilty, a... contra- yeah. guilty. Uh, no, no, pleasure. he said he. No, he said it's not a guilty pleasure. He's not guilty about it at all. Oh, he just well, yeah. likes them. Um, I've always said just enjoy what you enjoy, and yep. I, I do genuinely believe that. I don't enjoy the Fast and Furious films, and as we've already established, I'm a passionate guy, and therefore I passionately don't like them. <laughs> That's not the whole truth. I love the early ones. I dislike yeah. the later ones. Everything after five went downhill. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it made me really upset that Chris Nolan was giving them an out, um, just because I feel like they get I, I feel like they get let away with a bit too much shit anyway. He's redeemed himself though, in my eyes. Chris Nolan has once again angered film bros, which yep. I love so much. By the way, Chris Nolan, which is like the shining beacon of film bro Twitter, just it's almost like he knows. Like them, yeah. honestly. Bearing in mind we know that he doesn't really use the internet, so he probably doesn't know. The notion that you've got all these film bros who hang on every word he says, and he's just like, I fucking love when Dominic Toretto catches cars. Fucking <laughs> sick. Um, anyway, he said that, he said, I haven't read the direct quote, but it's something along the lines of, God bless Marvel, they saved cinema during COVID. Yeah, it's something like along the signs of, thank God for the MCU, they, like, yeah, they kept they, cinema alive. They kept cinema way. alive. They proved that you could make money during the pandemic, and it saved cinema potentially. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, we said it at the time. I think the most impressive thing Marvel's ever done 
is No Way Home make as much money as it did during the pandemic. Yeah. Shang-Chi, and I've seen some insider reports about this, like Hollywood Insider more recently, talking about how when Shang-Chi did what it did during the pandemic, mm. that was a call to action to all other studios that you could still make money in the pandemic. Yeah, I think like their willingness to like figure it out on how to still make these films and get them out mm. was impressive. And I also want to give a lot of credit to um, Tom Cruise during the pandemic as well. I know there was yeah. that one audio of him on set that leaked with him berating everyone because they weren't following the rules, which got a bit memeified. But he was completely right. He didn't need to work during the pandemic. He, he's got enough money to never have to work mm. again. He was making sure these people here so they could get jobs. And if people didn't take them all seriously, people were going to lose their jobs, their livelihoods, maybe even their lives. Uh, so I think it's very good of Chris Nolan to point out how important yeah, comic those, book movies yeah. and these big franchises were for keeping cinema afloat during yeah. the pandemic. Um, and that is it from us. That's yes, it. that is. A, a weirdly positive Nerd News Network. I don't know. Maybe I'm going <laughs> to avoid the negative. I think Marvel's point. just like kind of blessed us this week. Yeah. So there are apparently some reports that Marvel are going to drop another bombshell on us tomorrow, Friday. What? I, I don't know. I don't know if this is people just going, they've done something every day this week, so maybe we're going to get more. Maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think so what else. Keep your eyes peeled for that, folks. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Cutscene Convos. Follow us yep. on TikTok at Cutscene Convos. Follow us on Instagram at Cutscene Convos. If anything yep. exciting breaks tomorrow, it will be up there. And of course, we will then discuss it in more depth next week. As always, like and subscribe. Thank you for hanging out with us this yep. week. Let us know how you like the gaming segment, the first of many to come. Exactly. Over the coming months. But yeah, uh, if you haven't already, follow us all. Everything's down in the description. And uh, make sure you subscribe. We'll see you next Catch week. Catch you next week.